27th edition of the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies, the aspirational podcast for hopeless people, and I am one of them. I am your host, Donna Scott, and it has been quite a crazy week for me. Uh, First of all, I turned... (laughs) Yeah, it was my birthday last week, and lockdown birthdays I mean the pubs are open but I elected not to go so I basically sat in my PJs for most of the day and watched Mean Girls and the Lost Boys the Lost Boys remains an absolute classic it was only marred for me in my experience because my little sister was not around to give me the other side of all the quotes you know um, when we we used to always do the quotes together. Like, I would go, so, what are you called? And Becca would go, star. And I'd go, your folks too, huh? And Becca would go, what do you mean? And I'd go, ex-hippies. I came this close to being called Moonbeam or Moonchild or something. But star's great. I like star. I'm Michael. And Becca would go, oh, Michael's great, I like Michael. And then, scene! Because <laughs> we uh, basically be, um, we basically just talk over the entire film and then do like the singing, like Corey Haim in the back, going, ah, na-na-na, Oh, by the way, Corey Haim, I still, I still haven't got over Corey Haim. And then this week, flipping... Chadwick Boseman has, has died and I, I don't know what to, these things are not real they, 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 they don't seem right it, what, in what universe is, is this a thing that, that that is allowed to happen that Black Panther is I, I, I can't believe it it's crazy isn't it it's absolutely crazy and I'm not entirely sure that a lot of things are real. I'm, I I had the opinion that last year I may have died, and this is all the Matrix, so everything that's happening isn't really happening. Uh, <laughs> you've got me to thank for all of this, all of this, whatever's going on in the world. The fact that I, I'm sitting there on my birthday uh, watching The Lost Boys in my pyjamas, and I've made my own birthday cake which was a chocolate and banana cake, but in a Minions mould. So, yes, my Minion was brown. I don't mind my Minion not being yellow, but um, I, I do mind that I made my cake and I pretty much ate all my cake as well. I think I offered cake to other people and then just never gave them any. But, you know, I was making the most. I was making the most of all of the sugar and carbs because I knew that this week was coming and this week is the week from hell. Yeah. Well, we were inspired by a friend of ours who has lost a load of weight and he's like, I've got like a wafer of body fat on me now. And he's like a mental health guru and and Neil's looking up to me going, oh, uh, you're amazing, dude. And he goes, the secret is you've got to cut right down on the calories and no carbs and low impact exercise. So we we then saw this Channel 4 programme, which is about have you put on weight in lockdown? And they followed a bunch of people who had basically been on the, the furlough merlot, as they called it. <laughs> And they'd been putting on put on the pounds, same as we had. And they, they got given this diet for three weeks to see if they could lose a stone. And we've looked at that. Now, the person who does that is Dr. Michael Mosley. And he does this thing called the Blood Sugar Diet or the Fast 800. And he basically pioneered 5-2. Now, I've, I've talked about, you know, that I'm I'm 5 foot 2. And with my diet, I am the 5-2 diet gone wrong, literally. <laughs> I'll tell you how wrong it goes it's not 5-2 with me it's like 14-11 the numbers are wrong I basically eat too much and I I put an, an extra week of stuff in into my body um, and you know my body's quite good it, 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 it uses all of those things it, it turns them into, into lovely lovely padding and you know something to lie on at night isn't it <laughs> 
extra pillows. But um, I've got to go back to work in the office in a month and I've got to get the bus to go there. And it goes past a place. It goes past a place? Hmm, it goes past a place. See, I'm talking about carbs already. That's how obsessed I am. Right. It goes past a place where it's been rumoured that there has been an outbreak of COVID. Because uh, we all know about green core sandwiches in Northampton. Sandwiches. Stop talking about food. <laughs> so we know about that place. But we need to um, lose the weight so that we're not as at risk of getting the COVIDs or, or suffering with it. I, w- I probably will, you know. When it will go back, I, I've, I'm like a walking Petri dish most of the time. I'm usually patient zero for the flus in the office. And I'm going to be trying my best. I mean, I've, I've not had a cold at all since January when all the, the, the actual flus were kicking around last time. And it's true that more people are dying of flu right now, but I tend to be all right with the flu. I tend to, you know, if I get it, it's like once every few years, I tend not to be too bad with that. I know flu. Flu knows me. This COVID stuff, it's another ball game. I'm pushing towards that demographic where it might actually <laughs> make a difference to me. I'm a bit wheezy, asthmatic. I'm not lucky because I've had tumours and the like. Uh, it still hurts. still hurts me right now. You know, walking Petri dish. So... Anything I can do to help. So we're doing this fast 800. Now, so far, so good. Food delicious. Uh, doesn't Didn't all fit in the fridge, which was a problem. Because it's like, buy it, a million bags of salad. And it, it doesn't fit. Uh, it fits in me, fine. Because it's, you know, a massive bag of salad is like about 10 calories. It's ridiculous. But uh, I'm not entirely convinced, you know, this Dr. Michael Mosley isn't slightly quackish. Because there's others of his ilk that have pushed their their thing. I'm not saying he's a Dr. Gillian McKeith. I think he's a real doctor. Uh, he, and, you know, this, but he's more we-obsessed than poo-obsessed. You notice this, the, these, these bad doctor people. Gillian McKeith wasn't a doctor. She was a doctor of linguistics. But she was obsessed with the poo and what it looked like. And what he does is he gets people to wee on bits of paper so like we've got like this box of keto strips in the bathroom there's like a little bit of a roll it's like colour paint chart going on you've got like five colours to choose from and um, you know when you're in ketosis when it gets dark so at the moment my wee's turning it a kind of biscuit you know that kind of really pale Pale foundation colour that if you go into boots, it's the one the one us all us gingers and near gingers have. Um and they, they ran out quite a bit uh in the last year or so because the people who wear lots of makeup kept grabbing all the concealers and foundations in that colour to make contours, you know, when they were doing that contouring for the highlights. And we were like Bugger off Kim Kardashian likes. That's my actual colour. <laughs> I need that colour. Biscuit. Uh, the next shade up is, is coral. So you start looking like, you know, the bits you might throw away from seafood. And then the next shade after that is terracotta. Uh, and uh, next shade after that is what I would call, I in between wine and cherry DMs. And then after that, it's like a very dark brown. Which, you know, thank goodness that's the reaction of your wee on this litmus paper as opposed to your actual wee because that does not look healthy. And um, if when that happens, apparently ketosis is happening, and um, which means basically something inside you is happening that is going to burn fat and you have to stay away from other people because you stink, basically. So I'm, I'm going to use that not to say, woo, well done me, I am burning the fat, I'm going to use that to know how social I need to be. I mean, everyone wear your masks around me because I might, I might smell <laughs> quite badly. Oh dear. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure he's not an absolute quack because it is 800 calories a day, it's too, it's too little, isn't it? It's too little. 
And carbs are good. Carbs are good. Carbs are your fuel. We'll see how we go. Let's see how we go. Anyway, today we have managed to burn more calories during exercise than we have eaten. Because I've done 25,700 steps today. Hang on, let's just check. Check my numbers. Come on, numbers. Checking on my Fitbit. 26,788. Uh, that's dashing around the kitchen, that is. Because prepping food for this diet is, is mad as well. But, so I've done a lot of walking today. We, we've gone for a, a lovely country walk. We parked the car in Blisworth. Because we now have a car. We've got a car. We had it for a day. We've had a car for a day. So we wanted to go and test it. Um, so, because I, I was we've only just had it back and I was going to do gigs with it and I was going to go camping in Wales with it but it was broken and we're still not entirely trusting it to work so we've we've gone somewhere where we didn't have to like go not worry too much about getting back from but it was a, you know a test drive now we couldn't where do you go for test drives apart from Barnard Castle we went to Blisworth and walked to Stoke Bruin god at least we'd have to walk back from Blisworth that <laughs> would have been awful because we were knackered at the end of this Stoke Bruin is a lovely place in Northamptonshire where there's a canal there's canal boats, there's some nice pubs so we sat outside and had a, a green tea because it was one of this diet and um, then walked back I would say we did some foraging while I was out, I, I picked some slows so we, we can make some slow gin for when we're not on this diet I must say, it's crazy considering we, we're there exercising, but there, we saw crab apples and blackberries and elderberries and mushrooms and sloes and um, good King Henry, we saw, you know, which is like a kind of precursor of spinach. It's indigenous to Britain. Yeah, so basically, we went for a walk on a diet and we're surrounded by food the entire time. Because we know what we're looking for. Oh, incidentally. That's basically going to be people's Christmas presents, isn't it? It's going to be all foraged jam. <laughs> uh, it's okay. My family are not Josh Widdicombe. They won't mind. Everyone loves a jam. Everyone, especially when a, a, a slow slow gin jam. So it's slightly boozy jam. Everyone loves those, don't they? I do. I've made loads of jam already. I've, I've made loads of blackcurrant and plum jams. And I'm on this flipping diet. I've made all these jams. I can't eat them. I will eat them. One day, there's toast with my name on it, I can tell you that. Day one. Day one is down. I, I do feel thinner. I feel thinner. I think my brain's thinner. Anyway. Oh, some good things that have been happening this week. Uh, I have had loads of awesome reviews on Library Thing for Best of British Science Fiction. Yay! And uh, I've just started signing up to... Um, get reports on my podcast this podcast that you're listening to right now apparently it's been doing pretty well i hadn't realized but it during august it's been charting i don't know if it's charting before that in like in other months but because i can only see back a few weeks but yeah in the uk in the genre known as stand-up so for stand-up comedians who've got podcasts that's me i um charting i'm in the charts and i last looked like I think yesterday I was at like number 70 and I mentioned it on Instagram I'm at number 50 what thank you guys that's you that is and I can see a few of my friends in the charts as well so love Dev Barpagas in the charts around me he he was ahead of me he's now a little bit behind me um and Ben Briggs and Freddie Farrell and Rob Mulholland so I see those people in the charts and Apart from that, it's people like Louis, Louisa Omelin, who's really good. Uh, and yeah, there's there's loads we're going to have to explore in the, on these charts because I'm not familiar with, with quite a few of them. There's, there's dapper laughs, which I probably won't bother with. But some of them look really good. <laughs> but anyway, thank you very much for keep listening and reviewing and sharing and recommending because you guys are making all the difference, which is brilliant. Oh, Another thing you can do for us is I have got an international gig on Wednesday. I do. 
because you know not having the car and stuff I've not been able to sort of like apply for many live gigs also they give me massive anxiety uh, because of the whole oh my god I'm being too close to people and I might have covid thing <laughs> which is something I've got to get over and I will get over it but in the meantime I've thought about applying myself a lot more for doing uh, my online stuff such as this which you know as you can see it's working out quite well and I've got myself an open mic. I know it's only an open mic, but you know, us comedians often need to do open mics or new material nights, just generally. I'm doing one in New Zealand. And that is the absolute attraction for me. I'm flipping doing a gig in New Zealand. And what's more, I'm going to be able to fit it in before work on Wednesday. So if you check out my website or my Facebook page, you should see a link to Auckland Comedy's open mic show. And I'm on that. Please tune in. I'll be on Zoom. Zooming away. So without further ado, I should now introduce you to my special guest, this podcast. And that is the fantastic Kezabel Ambler. She performs under just one name, Kezabel. And that is because she's pretty darn famous and everyone knows who Kezabel is. And when you hear Kezabel, you know it's her. It's like one of those artists that only have one name, you know, like Madonna, Prince. Not Cheryl. Cheryl just can't remember her surname that's but we all know who Cheryl is but you know we all say Tweedy don't we or Cole not the other one we don't remember the other other one anyway Kezabel is amazing Kezabel is one of the hardest working performance poets on the circuit she is amazing she exudes a natural warm earthy charm and with a little bit of new age wonder about her she's full of glitter and fairy wings and happiness. I've gigged with her loads. Um, first got to met her when she was a fellow judge at the Bardic Picnic Competition. Since then, I've just gigged with her loads of times. She's amazing. So I'm really happy to introduce her to you now. Here is the fantastic Kezabel. Hello, I'm, I'm joined by the fabulous Kezabel. Hi, Kezabel. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Donna. Good to be here. How the bojangles are you? I'm bojangling good. I know swore then. <laughs> yeah, the trouble is I've said bojangles and that's a bit too close to Boris Johnson, isn't it? <laughs> oh no, that's BJ, which is a whole nother thing as well. well now, apparently he doesn't like those. He just likes oh, he? he just likes the children to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, more BJ's, but yeah, a few more Boris Johnson's, even had less children. Anyway, yeah. moving swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> Which, unfortunately, he also does. Yes, yeah, that's right. Leave him behind. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm here to talk with Kezabel today, <laughs> who is a local, well, fairly localish poet, but she's like yeah. one of the most amazingly prolific poets I know. And that's lockdown it. does not seem to have slowed you down at all. No, no, it hasn't, has it really? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, anyone will listen, I'm there. <laughs> Aren't you doing um, something tonight? Um, no, I'm not. I actually, I have taken two whole weeks off. So this is the first day of my holiday. Ta-da! But then this morning, as I was scribbling in bed, um, I'm doing, um, I've been approached about doing an online uh, workshop because I do my weaving words anyway and they all, they've all gone into Zoom because of the current situation. And I've been approached about um, doing an online course, sort of aimed at America particularly, but, um, and so that's gonna be filmed in September and October. And then I started scribbling all the, I started to write um, ideas and scripts and section it off. And then I thought, I've got so much content, there's too much there for one. So I got in touch with the guy and said, I think we're going to have to do more than one. <laughs> because I think once someone's done the weaving words into what, what foundation or into well-being or whatever it's going to be called, they'll then want to do weaving words into the elements and weaving words um, into art and weaving words, you know, because, and I, I know a wealth of um, beautiful creatives, so why wouldn't I do weaving words into art and then have sculptors and artists and that would inspire writing and there's so many... Wonderful. So this morning I was scribbling away on my day off, <laughs> coming up with ideas like that. <laughs> it's like it's day off, day off, did more work. <laughs> well, you get all excited, don't you? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, I'm the same. I'm on staycation at the moment. And all I've, I've done is I've done interviews. I've done writing exercises. I've started story writing. I've started material writing. <laughs> I've done quiz shows. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, I saw that. Fantastic. Fantastic. Actually, yesterday, Saturday and Sunday were my first sort of days off. But weekends don't really count sort of thing, do they? And yesterday I was part of, um, have you heard of Live, Live Talk? An no. amazing poet in Gloucestershire, where Somerset. And um, she runs a Yiffy Yak stage, something like that, at WOMAD. And um, so yesterday I was at her workshop. And, and she's part of a thing that's called Sirens Poets. Sirens Poets. And it's about climate change. It's about what's happening post uh, lockdown. I know we're in that sort of no man's land at the moment. On, off, are we? Well, aren't we? So not and, so much um, the sirens as in the beguiling creatures who lure sailors to their deaths, but rather that <laughs> rrr, rrr, yeah, things are going right. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now, if anybody could see your hand movement, then they'd think that you were sort of aiming at my boob then, like rrr, rrr. like oh, emu. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> So I'm challenging my, my in, inner Rod Hull at you there. You go, oh, behave, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yesterday she's got these. Uh, anybody can um, have a look online and have a go. And if you, if you tap in Sirens Poets, and there's all these challenges to do to sort of be in touch with nature and to write. And uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy. Adrian uh, Root, I think it was. Um, and um, his challenge was to lay naked in, in, on some ground and be rained upon and then write about it. So yesterday at 6.30, I laid in my garden. <laughs> it wasn't raining, but apparently that's fine. And it was an amazing experience. And you li it was literally like, when I rolled onto my tummy, it's like I'd never smelt grass before. Because you had the dew on the grass and you were at one with nature as such. I know I'm sounding really hippie now, but it was incredible. And it inspired such writing and you felt like you had that complete contact with nature and you felt like you were held by the long blades of grass and everything. It was incredible. And so that's how I started my day yesterday and wrote loads. And that's, that's going to be part of films and in a book and all sorts of things that we're doing with her. So, I'm taking yeah. you, you chose that time of day because uh, neighbours? <laughs> no, actually I'm not overlooked. But what happened was um, you had to, there was these four or five videos to watch and uh, they were only sent to us, I think on the Friday or the Saturday morning. It was quite, you know, we had to, had to see it before 10 o'clock Sunday morning. And so on Saturday night, I thought, right, I'm going to watch these, these videos. And I fell asleep. And I woke up about half three, four and thought, oh, God, I haven't done it. I haven't watched them. And the, and the workshop's at 10. I'm like, shit. <laughs> and uh, so I watched them. And it was half to six, and so I just wandered into the garden, and the rest is history. So that's the only reason it was then. Um, and then, <laughs> then I was shattered for the rest of the day. We went to see my mum, and my brother's up from Cornwall, and had some lovely family time. I was absolutely knackered. So, but I'm going down to Cornwall to stay at my brother's, so I'll actually have some time off. That's nice. So Cornwall's a nice place to be. Yes. Wandering around. Uh, when I first became. The Bard, mm. I, we had a trip down to Cornwall and it inspired mm. a flipping load because yes. we thought it's a very bardic thing to do is to trout the bardic <laughs> path. Go, go where all the, the druids and things are. And <laughs> we went to um, my husband's favourite place, which is St Necton's Glen near Tintagel and, and Boss oh. Castle. And it was in there that I went to the uh, Witchcraft Museum and I saw the names on the wall of the Northampton witches which 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 is <laughs> inspired which? a short story which was in the oh. shoe ships and cadavers anthology with the forward wow. by Alan Moore it's how I first met to Alan Moore and then I wrote a, a whole museum exhibition about the witches because um Northampton wasn't doing a damn thing to commemorate the 400 year anniversary of killing all them people wow. which they should have done <laughs> we did it before yeah. Pendle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should have yeah. been recognised, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cornwall is Cornwall is quite the place for inspiration. It is. And do you know what? For me, it's been that solace because through ups and downs, and you know, divorce and 
uh, breakdown and you know all sorts of up you know some real struggly places um, my prayer partner's got a, a house in Travone and she said to me I was really struggling and she said just go and stay at my house by the sea just go and stay there and actually I went and stayed there and I wrote a poem called me time it's 30 seconds long and I usually put it at the end of my set it's quite peaceful and it's quite energizing and and um, that was the beginning of me thinking, do you know what? I'm going to take that step. And that's when I went freelance, I lay, you know, by the sea, writing and just be myself. And yeah, that was the beginning five years ago. Five years ago. So it's been quite a journey then, five years. Yes. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you know my story, but the first poem I ever wrote, I was 12 and a half. And the teacher put A plus and it was like, yeah. But then she scribbled it out and put underneath, is this all your own work? And didn't believe I'd written it. And so I didn't write another poem for over 30 years. So actually I only started writing um, poems about 11, 12 years ago. Gosh. But, yeah. Do you know what? That is yeah. awful, but it's like, yes. you're not the only poet that that seems to have happened to. Emma Pursehouse yeah. has a, um, a, a poem about... Um, being a football fan and entering a competition and writing a piece uh, about football and they didn't believe that they didn't believe that she was such a fan that she would she would know so much about football and they gave the prize to a boy instead yes yeah isn't it funny and and again um that i you know that's my passion about words because actually they're powerful you, you can crush people with words you know you can hurt them and you can uplift them and fill them with joy and you know that it's that's why i run my um, weaving words workshops to give people a voice that connection from head to page and that you know and have telling your story and speaking up and um that that pen being a tool for life and that's why i'm so passionate about it and i go into the mental health wards and run um weaving words as well and um it's powerful absolutely powerful and and actually, um, another poem was, that was um, that I wrote called Prejudge, that was commissioned by Northamptonshire Rights and Equality Council. And I quite often will start my um, set or if I do my hour show with that poem, because so many people will prejudge by the way you speak and the way you look, your story, and they don't know your story. So when I was performing for Poets for Peace, um, it was in a mosque in Leamington Spa. And, you know, I, I'll stand on that stage and I dress conservatively, or well, pretty conservatively for me anyway. <laughs> I didn't put a tutu and wings on anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> but, um, you took your wings off? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> so I did stand behind that um, lectern and I did start with a poem, Prejudge, and I did say, you know, there's things about me you don't know. You don't know I was born in Tripoli in Libya. And you don't know that my mum used to tiptoe out at night in her slippers in a pillowcase and steal coal from the train station to keep us warm. And, and you don't know that she used to go to the butchers for bones for the dog and we didn't even have a dog. That was to add to vegetables to sustain us. And, and then I'll do the poem prejudge because people assume a lot by the way you speak and the way you look and they don't know just where you come from in the story. So, yeah, powerful stuff. Yeah, oh, that's it's awesome. Um, so when you started five years ago, with um, was it the Weaving Word as, a, as an initiative that you began with or was it, was it just the impetus to just, stop, just do more in writing? Well, um, I'd, um, it, it started with me just scribbling and getting it out. And the very first poem I wrote as an adult was going through some difficult stuff with my mother-in-law dying. And, uh, well, she was going to die and... and um, I remember shouting at God, actually. <laughs> I was like, if you're really there, do something about it. And I was really, I really shouted. And as I held her hand, the doctor came in and said, it's going to be tonight. I held her hand. And, and, I, and that was the first time in my life, in my 40s, that I thought, actually, where's my husband and where's my mum? The two people that profess to love me, where are they? Why am I here on my own? And that was the first time I felt lonely. And I, I wrote a poem and hid it. And that was the beginning. And actually, that shouting at God, like, if you're really there, <laughs> the next day she woke up as though nothing happened and lived another two years. So I, for me, that's a, a, a prayer answer. But um, 
but but actually it was the beginning of writing and i wrote a poem called complicated love and i hid it and that's that's in my latest book permission to speak it's the beginning of that story of writing and, and then so i was scribbling away and i was showing them to my friend but no one else and that she'd laugh and she'd cry and she'd go, well, that's a bit saucy. And, you know, it's like a discovery because I've only recently become single. Um, what the last fit up with my husband, 31 years. And, um, and she had a belly dance in a burlesque night at the Playhouse Theatre in Clare Street. You know, the little play, it's called... Know it well, it? Victorian oh, toilet. I love it. I love it. Uh, I've bounced for James Acaster there. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't bounced, but well, I would if I'd run. But uh, <laughs> but I have watched him there. He's amazing, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, but it's a beautiful little theatre, isn't it? With the old heavy velvet curtains and the little geezer behind the, the, the little the cupboard where they serve the drinks, and it's gorgeous, isn't it? But anyway, she asked. There's me, a small fountain, or a little yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> she asked me to if I'd perform between burlesque and belly dancing. You know these poems that I'd written. She said, "Will you, will you read these poems? Because we need time to change." And I just said yes. And I'd never done anything like that in my life. And I stood on that stage, and my right leg shook. And there was a hundred people there, and that was my first time I'd ever shared my poems out there in the world. And uh, were they the sirens the again? Yeah, the sirens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nino, nino. <laughs> but that was the beginning. And people came up to me at the end and said, we loved your poems, have you got a book? And I said, no. And I went back a year later after doing a few open mics and things, because I got the bug by then. And um, then it was two nights on the trot and she paid, paid me. And, but she said, oh, we want to book you again. And I was like, oh, wow. And I was really chuffed. And she said, but I want you to share those saucy poems that you wrote. And I went bright red and I went, no, I couldn't, they're just for me. They're not to share. And she said, look, Kez, you know, it's over 18 events, burlesque and belly dancing. You can't share them there. Where can you? I dare you. And that was it. So I, I read, I took along a book because everyone had asked for a book. So I took Truly Me, my first book that I'd written. And I took along a little bit of sauce as well. So I did three little sets and the last set were the saucy poems and I, I was, I ran off the stage like, oh, but actually the women loved it. Like, I can't believe you said that out loud. Men were frightened to death and stayed miles away. <laughs> so, yeah, that the was power. Thing. I have scared I you all. <laughs> you do what in the bath? <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, there's a few DIY poems. <laughs> yeah. I'm single. <laughs> Grouting, grout. We're talking about grouting. <laughs> so yeah, so that was the beginning. That's where it all began. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, the answer to your question about the weaving words was that well, as I was going and doing sort of open mics and things, I also did a few things like um, I was part of a, a group called the Stands in Corby, and we wrote some poems and. Um, Kate Tempest was uh, performing and we were just before her. So I can say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I perform with Kate Tempest. Not quite the case, but I can say that. But actually she did a workshop and I learned so much from her. And then there was another one I went to where Dean Atta was performing and he ran a workshop. And uh, Lydia Towsey from Leicester, she, and I was learning from these workshops so much. And I wanted to share that. So I started, I went to a thing called Weaving Words that Millie ran in Leicester. And um, I was her uh, featured poet. And she gave everyone a newspaper and said, just turn to a page, pull out a, um, a story and write. And I did, uh, as well as performing for her. But then she stopped running them. And I said, I love that word. May I use the title Weaving Words? And she said, yeah, of course you can. And, and so I started running workshops and it was literally around my dining table and I made flapjack and um, everyone had their own little pot of tea and we wrote and actually it was a six week course and at the end of the six weeks no one wanted to leave and some of them are still with me now five years later and brilliant um, yeah it's, it's, it's beautiful we laugh we cry we it's very it's the really close-knit and intimate it's lovely 
Uh, it's all on Zoom now. So the, the last one we did, we always have a break for August. I had a lady, a friend of mine from Mauritius that joined us. There's a uh, Kathy Carson from um, Northern Ireland, amazing poet. She joins us. So now it's on Zoom. It's sort of uh, a guy from Bristol, a wonderful artist. He joined us. And um, yeah, it's, it's great. Really great. In many ways, this this has enabled us to break down some barriers and also yeah. um, made us realise, I think, that those connections that you, you know that we basically took for for granted would always be mm. there, but never did yeah. anything with. That there's no excuse now. We 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 should just make that make those connections and really yeah. forge them. Like with my my university friends, we yeah. we didn't meet for twenty years, and then we met we met a few times since individually, and then yeah. it's like. Pretty much every couple of weeks now. Hey, Zoom time, Brilliant. virtual pub. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I know you know it can get it can get too much if you're sat behind the screen too much. It's getting the balance, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, I don't make the flapjack for them anymore. But people make their own flapjacks. I can't yeah. make flapjack. It's one of those things that's supposed to be really easy to make, and yet I always yes. fail. Oh, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> I make awesome. a vegan fruity flapjack. It's absolutely easy. Coconut oil, mashed banana, um, you throw in the oats, uh, chop up some dates and sweeten it and throw whatever fruit you got. Grated apple or anything you like. Sultanas, anything. I have those ingredients. Easy peasy. (laughs) Right. Share that later. (laughs) It it is my birthday tomorrow and um, I'm expecting a cake. But, you know, if that sounds like something I can can whip up. Yeah, you can literally chuck it in a... Chuck it in a saucepan and then bung it in the pan. So, and um, yeah, done. Easy. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. So <laughs> it's weird from... because, um, sorry, um, the Zoom, I remember the first time, it was a week before lockdown actually, for Britain, and um, we didn't know it was going into lockdown. It was just all looking a little bit wobbly. Mm. And um, I've got a couple of my word weavers in their 70s. You know, I've got all the ages from, you know, in their 30s right up and I also run weaving words for youth so I've got teenagers but that's a separate group and um, I woke up that Tuesday morning and thought I cannot risk them coming to my home and I just I, I love them too much I couldn't risk it and I just got my credit card out bought the zoom business and got in touch with them all and said look we're doing it on zoom today and some of them had never ever been on zoom and um, in my I did it the, I did it the same for the mental health wards as well we went straight onto teams and I run the workshops on teams and I just couldn't risk, you know, hurting anyone at, you know, without meaning to, you know. And um, and that was just took a and then suddenly a week later we were in lockdown. So it was sort of way before that. But I remember seeing all those familiar lovely faces and thinking, Do you know what, we can get through this together. It was quite an emotional moment. And each week the different, you know, whether it was weaving words at Johnny's Happy Place or Mark, I did some for Mind as well. And, and um, the people that came said, this is getting us through each week. This is getting us through. And, um, but it was very draining as well because you're, you're giving your all and there were extra workshops than there normally would be. And so I was absolutely wiped out. Normally you have a break at half term. There was no half terms. It just, it just kept going. And so I, I was absolutely shattered. So I'm well and truly ready for <laughs> ready to jump in the sea. I've been swimming in the river and things like that. Uh, we we tried to get the dog to do that the other day. Uh, we, we even <laughs> chuck some biscuits in. No. So after him. <laughs> You've got to write a and poem just... about dunking your biscuits in the river. <laughs> he wouldn't do it. And, and then the next day we come along and we can still see the biscuit in exactly the same place. <laughs> <laughs> well even the ducks wouldn't eat it like nah, no no all the dogs. fish <laughs> <laughs> nah not touching that noodles <laughs> no poor th- and then it, we managed to get him to jump into another bit, bit of the river and then he panicked so much and then i had to go in and rescue oh. him oh oh and i would love a photo of that <laughs> there's no photo there is just like the mis- mysterious down to the edge thing happening on Strava <laughs> sort of mapping my walk <laughs> what a it's great like... story <laughs> some of the things we do and some of the adventures we have no one would ever believe would they <laughs> I write um, a blog every season you know so every yeah 
So, so I'm just about to write one of the last sort of little while. And um, I write loads of detail because not many people read it. So I, I throw in all sorts of stuff and I put it on my website. And um, I was writing about, I performed in Amsterdam in December. And I, I literally wrote about how the, I was 15 minutes away from home and this kid threw up all over me. <laughs> and um, At least someone, 15 minutes. It could have been, how, how, far, how far away did you come? Like that's Yeah, well, look, I've come all the way from Amsterdam on trains, on trams, on, you With know. all the stoners. All the stoners are there. Yeah. That's where you're going to get people being sick on you. <laughs> I know. And this guy with his daughter came to him and went, oh, who's been through here then? Thinking it was a, a drunk or something. And I went, no, it's that little boy there. And it was really, you know, I was covered in wet wipes and like, it was horrible. And um, I got chatting with this guy and his daughter and she said, oh, it's my birthday. And I went to London. And I said, oh, I've just come back from performing poetry in Amsterdam. She said, I wrote a poem. And we had this lovely chat. And she said, tell me a poem. So I stood in his carriage and did my poem, Three Wishes, and granted the carriage all these wishes. I didn't have my wings on at the time. And um, this guy, he said, oh, I love that poem. But I mean, what are the odds of performing a poem covered in sick? <laughs> no one would believe it. I put that in my blog, I thought no one would believe it. And um, then he said, you know what, thank you for that poem and we'll give you a lift home because no tax is going to let you in. <laughs> smelling like that. So, um, yeah, so, I, so we got in his friend's car who immediately wound down the window and I got a lift home. But, you know, that was part of a story. Um, the travelling was as much as the story as the performing, you know, and the lady with a, an old battered paper cup jiggling it for some change, and that was in Amsterdam. And you've got people all then matching suitcases and looking all large down who wouldn't even give her a bloody euro. And I, and I had a few a little bit, a few euros left, you know, because I had half, you know, I didn't have much money, but... And um, she looked at me as though I'd given her the world and kept turning back and holding her heart and, and lifting her hands and, heart and looking at me. And, and stories like that, uh, that is more, that's more powerful than any, I did this and that and the other, isn't it? That, that journey, yeah. literally the journey, um, was, was so touching. And so many stories within that traveling and ending up on a wrong platform and <laughs> on my own, like bricking it. <laughs> oh, dear. The first time I ever traveled to France on my own, I ended up sitting next to um, a Satanist from Seattle. <laughs> Just... No way. <laughs> I said, like, oh, I'm, I'm heading on to Paris. Shall I come on your train? Oh, oh, I'm just going to the loo first, run. <laughs> <laughs> run, Paris, run. <laughs> I mean, you can make some incredible people, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what have you got lined up? <laughs> For <What>, now? <laughs> no, not now. <laughs> post gig. <laughs> right. You got some online things that we can look look up, yeah? Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can check me out on my website, which is three w's keswell.co.uk. Oh, three w's? Are you sh yeah. all three? <laughs> woof woof woof. <laughs> Kezabel www dot www <laughs> Yeah.co.uk. Right. Yeah, easy. And that's Kezabel K E Z. Yes. A B E double L E. Correct. <laughs> you researched everything, haven't you? <laughs> Put it in there. It's right in front of me. <laughs> and my latest book is called Permission to Speak. So if anybody would like a book, and that's on audio as well. It's on Kindle, it's on um, download audio and um, a CD. Because sometimes people want to hear your voice conveying their phones, don't they? Um, so they want to hear your voice. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to hear my voice. <laughs> Someone said to me, she said, oh, I love your, she said, I hope you don't take this as, um, the wrong way. I love listening to your CD because it helps me get to sleep. <laughs> she said, your voice is so soft. It helps me get to sleep. Like, I have thought that. There's, it's like, because everyone's so stressed at the moment mm. and, um, I keep getting targeted adverts um, <laughs> for for um, audiobooks, and there was there's there's one I think, um, 
it was it's narrated by Jerome Flynn and I can't think what it is he's narrating but it's like a classic Dickens or something and um and then it's just advertised around it so like um if you're having trouble sleeping let Jerome Flynn send you off <laughs> and I was thinking he's probably just done a narration gig <laughs> someone said like oh, you've got a great voice <laughs> yeah. you know your voice doesn't sound as rough as you look why don't you have a go at narrating yeah and actually it's funny because um one lady i've recently done a film with benji dotan a small film of my latest poem um this is called freeze framed worlds and that's on youtube so if you go on my youtube channel cares about ambler and um she said i keep listening to that over and over and it helps me sleep and it makes me feel peaceful and and it's just about the countryside and the washland and the fountain and um yeah so quite a few people have been saying that recently so I'm, I'm pulling, um, I've got three books that I've recorded with Old Hotel Records. I don't know if you know them, wonderful uh, guy. And um, it's Kenneth J. Nash, that's his company, oh. Old Hotel Records. Yes, yeah. Oh, he really so he records, Yeah, he normally records musicians, and I was the first poet that he recorded, and we go back way, way, way. And um, yeah, so I've got three books recorded, and so I thought I'd pull out all the really gentle sort of easy poems and put them together on a, a relaxation sort of I don't know relax everyone I can't say send you off because that could sound a bit rude couldn't it but <laughs> I'll send you off with Kesema <laughs> no <laughs> that's not a good idea um and I've got lots of new work that I've written I just all this time of reflection over lockdown and um I've written loads and it's been a real eye-opener actually I've learned a lot, learned a lot. And um, so, so I've got a book coming out next year called uh, Permission to Love Yourself. Mm. So that's, that's pulling together nicely. So, um, yeah, so we've got the online course being filmed September, October, hopefully coming out in December. And then, um, yeah, the new book is next year, but I've got to record for that. Yeah, there's quite a lot going on, actually. Yeah. 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 So where, um, if people want to take part in your online course, where should they go? Oh, gosh, it's not even filmed yet. It's not even filmed yet. But if will, they, will, you, will you let us know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It'll be on um, um, accessible through my website, but it'll also be on Teachables, which is where they put lots of courses. So it's Teachables? A mix of, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what you said. Um, quote don't quote me but it definitely via my website anyway so okay so um, anyway the, the links will appear yes they as will, if by magic. They will and if anyone wants to come to my weaving words you know we're back in september just get in touch with me on um, any of the social medias or on my website yeah awesome okay Yay. so before we wrap up yes. um well i have been challenging people because oh, you, you're you're aspirational um you know like the the mantras that people live by like live laugh love that kind of thing yeah. um i can tell you immediately and it's around my neck and it's what my mum has taught us through and through and through so um you can see on there but a little heart around my neck i can see says, a little heart yes and it says love is the answer love is the answer okay yes yeah. so that that's your your mantra to live by love is the answer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can think if I'm going to have three words in the wall, it's probably going to be bind, torture, kill. But um... <laughs> love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's five. That's five, Casper. Actually, I wrote a poem called Three Words, and it was in my book, um, All the Loves. <laughs> All the Loves. And you know, you think all the love, three words, it's going to be, I love you, isn't it? It wasn't. It was addictive, addicted, a dickhead. That was it. <laughs> Hyphenated, obviously. I did see somebody <laughs> posted like a comic thing. Um, you might know about this. Um, somebody posted a comic thing and it said like, uh, one speech from a character said, um, say those three words you know I long to hear. And the other character said, Immanatize the Escherton. So do you know who that is? That's like um, Robert Anton Wilson, 
uh, Illuminatus? <laughs> no! <laughs> I, mean, I thought it sounded quite clever. I think it's Eschaton or Eschaton. Oh, that was strange. I don't, I would, I don't know. <laughs> That's why it's one of them people is into the chaos theory kind of thing. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's Galen. <laughs> would you like a poem before I leave? That oh, that would be lovely. Would you want a restful one or a silly one? <laughs> oh, can we go silly? Okay. I, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll do the short one that I did during lockdown. And it was that sort of a real eye opening. And I actually wrote it on... Uh, World Poetry Day. So that it's a short one and it's called Clarity and it's actually on my YouTube channel as well. Here we go. Learning mindfully moving on. Step forward on my path of clarity. Firmly pull the door behind me. Clear out to enable love and life in. Make room for affirming people to climb into my heart, mind and time. Clarity. It's been a real eye-opener, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It has been an eye-opener, hasn't it? The whole... Hmm. And all your exes come out. There's suddenly you've got about eight exes getting in touch with you as well. Oh, no, I'm <laughs> right. ghosted. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're suddenly thinking of me. What's, why is that? <laughs> that was the other thing that went viral, wasn't it? Uh, horny-itis. Horny-itis? Yeah, yeah, that went viral. That sounds like some kind of stag beetle. <laughs> no, a bit lower than that. <laughs> Excuse me, doctor, I've got, I've got some horny-itis. Just take some drops from the pharmacy, you'll be all right. <laughs> anyway. All right, thank you very much, Kesabel. Oh, you're uh, welcome. It's so lovely to be on your show. Thank you. There is. Okay. So, everybody, this is Kezabel. Woo! Bye, bye. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> <laughs>